Good morning. Welcome to today's devotion. Today, I want to start to talk to you about something that I was taught at a young age at a, as a toddler. It was about this game called uh, Father May I. It was a simple game taught to us to move only when we're authorized um, to move based on the authority we had to get permission or we had to seek ap- approval and wait until it was granted before you moved from one spot in the game. So even though the person would say step to the right or step to the left, we had to say, Father, may I? And when a person would just move out without getting permission, they were thrown out the game. I didn't understand um, that that old lesson as a toddler was something that the Lord was teaching me to guide my life as a relate to a waiting on his authority in order to move out on certain things. Today, we're, we're going to talk about kingdom prayer answered through God's authorization. I'm going to say it again, kingdom prayer answered through God's authorization. One of the most important things that Jesus taught his disciples and his disciples never asked him how do we become a great teacher, a great miracle worker, or how to, to, to be a great water wine turner? Can you show us how we turn this water to wine? How did you do this, Jesus? No. The subject for what they was being taught, they always, it was related to prayer. And what I want to make it as simple as communication with God, getting God's authorized approval before we make a move is precisely important. Let's pray. Father, may you use me. May you use me as a tool. May you teach this lesson. Holy Spirit, may you breathe through these words of yours. May your grace and mercy be shown so that people may understand how to have a relationship with you through communication in prayer. Number one, You need to understand as we go through the scriptures, prayer is as simple as communicating with God. When Jesus taught on the simple petition, he taught it in Matthew chapter six. But I need you to hear what he says. But when you pray, 
This is starting at verse six, Matthew six and six, when you pray. So that means that he expects us to pray. Go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. Pray to your father in private. And then your father will see everything and will reward you in the open. I'm going to stop right there. What Jesus was telling him that in order for you to first understand what prayer is all about, it's number one, it's not about the long as he goes on and says, I don't want you to be like the everyone else who loved to be in the public and having these long, old, drawn out prayers, old big God in the sky, old, old, oh, you know, old man in the sky, oh, there's no one greater like you. The repetitions going on and on and on. Jesus says, I want to show you that prayer is about you talking to God as and being real with him and connecting with him in a way that you're connecting one-on-one to any individual. In other words, he says, it's about having an authentic relationship. To go, don't, let's not go through the whole nicey nice things. Let's not, don't go in singing the same old God song you, the big guy up there and the, the most great height. Don't talk to be seen. Don't have a relationship because of what to get out. He says, I don't want you to pray like that. He says, I want you to understand the very answer about prayer. And you may say, well, where did you get that at? In verse 7, he said, when you pray, don't babble on it as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are going to get answered by repeating the words again and again. They don't, don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask. Pray like this, our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. In other words, a kingdom man or a kingdom woman understand that the whole golden prayer is not about me. It's about the king's rule. It's about the king's authorization. It is about Lord. What It's about you. In other words, prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. It's not about just me talking. It's about much is more about me listening. Well, you may say, well, how can I pray to an invisible God? This is someone that I don't see. Well, just as the body is made of the body, mind, soul, and the spirit, your spirit communicates with God. It's a spirit man. And in prayer, you're going to understand that in prayer, as you communicate with God, you're going to begin to understand that when you know God's character, you communicate the things that pleases his character. Let me give you an example. 
Number one, you need to know, according to Psalms 139, God knows your heart. He knows every single thing before you pray. So if he knows everything, because the Psalms 139 says that he's written a book about each one of us. He knows the innermost things. He knows when we sit down and when we rise up. So that means that even before we say it, he knows it. So why do he want to hear us to say it? It's nothing more than a, a, a parent. It's, it's like me as a father. Sometimes I know exactly what my children have done. I know exactly what they're about to say, but I like to hear them saying and how to see things from their point of view and just to have the relationship and to hear them have a conversation with me is pleasing. And that's the same thing with God the Father. And the other benefit is, number two, did you know that you can change God's mind on a particular matter? Sure you can. If you appeal to him based on his character. In Genesis chapter 18, you're going to see the story of Abraham. Because Abraham was so into a relationship with God, and that's the point of kingdom prayer and kingdom authorization, is that when you're in that relationship, God reveals things to you. Here it is in verse 18 and 17. The Lord says, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do since Abraham will certainly become great and mighty nation in him and all the nations will be blessed. For I have chosen him so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. See, in your relationship with God, God reveals things to you. And then, as you can see, because Abraham had that relationship, which is the second thing about prayer, it's intercessing. It's intercessory, which means that you're interceding, which means that you're standing in between someone on behalf of heaven. I, I'm, I'm going, meaning that Jesus have given us certain keys, but in order for us to understand how to use the keys, it's in the relationship, just like if I give my keys to my daughter, that means I've authorized her to move my car or my come into my house even when I'm not there. Well, when you're praying, that means that you you have a relationship. If you have a if you're a believer, you have a relationship with God. And because you have a relationship with God, He's giving you a key, and that key is Jesus. So when you come in the name of Jesus, you're able to because you are his son or your daughter, you are able to use those keys and go right there in the presence of God on behalf of someone and bring heaven's rule down here on earth and to authorize something to be done, whether it's healing, whether it's a, anything, a need, whatever it is, you're bringing it before God. In this case, Abraham was appealing to God because God wanted to 
destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham says, wait a minute. Are you really going to destroy the righteous with the unrighteous? I know that there. Look, he said, and, and, and in this, check this out. At verse 32, 32, he said in verse Genesis 18, he said, then he, this was Abraham. Oh, may the Lord. In other words, Father, may I ask. See, he kept on saying, Father, may I please ask you. In other words, he was appealing. Father, may I, if you don't mind, may I appeal to you in your kindness and your greatness because I know that you are a God of mercy. This thing here bothers me. What that says is when you're in a situation, somebody's messing with you, you're able to go before the Father and be real about the situation. And then the Father is able to give you the answers. I tell, I told the story a long time ago when I was a little, when I had this bully picking on me. And I asked, I remember waking up early in the morning and this bully just kept coming over and over and picking on me. He was such much more older than me. I had to be about fifth or sixth grade. And this guy had to be in high school or out of high school. But every time I would get ready and go to school, this bully would meet me and he would just pick on me. So this particular morning, I, I went, Father, may you give me the strength of how to beat this bully. Well, little did I know, because I've already talked to the, my father on behalf of what was going on the night before. And I reminded him that morning when I got to school, I didn't see the bully. But what I found out is that the bully, somebody had killed the bully overnight. See, what I'm saying to you is prayer is the keys and God will any bullies in your life, such as worry, anxiety, you're able to use the keys to remove those things when you're authorized. Let me go on. God listens. God agrees with Abraham. Because Abraham agreed with him on what his character was. In other words, it's our job to communicate and talk to him according to his character, according to the based on the scripture. Now, one of the things is, as I said to you, is just like and we see another example is. Exodus 34, when the children of Israel, they did something. And because they did something, God says, he said, look, just take these, your people, Moses, and get out of here. And, and but Moses goes on behalf of the children of Israel he said, wait a minute, Lord. He said, I thought you said this. Are you going to allow your name not to be glorified because of what these people are doing? I'm just summing it up as you read 33 through 34. And you're going to see how Moses went on behalf. And because he went 
on behalf of his friends, his family members, and says, God, if you're not going with us, I don't, don't take me either, but I want your name. Don't Isn't your name greater? What about the promises that you made to our forefathers? I'm just summing it all up as you go back and read it. And one of the things that you're going to see was God agreed and he changed his, his he relented what he was going to do. And because of what they did, because of what Moses went in between and said the same thing to Abraham. So I'm telling you that communicating with God can sometimes, if you want to know his will and you want to know how to, what is it that you're supposed to do? It's in your prayer. It's in a kingdom man understand he has kingdom authorization to come on behalf of letting heaven's rule come down to the earth realm. And he's authorized by the hand of Jesus to move in God's power on behalf of his people, on behalf of the people, in order for them to see Christ moving throughout the earth. And this is the same thing that Christ emphasized when he told the um, the people of Israel, when when he told the children of Israel and and he told told them in Matthew chapter six when Jesus taught them on prayer, he was saying, May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in order for us to know the exact will of God, that means that we must understand that he's God. But the thing of it is, we have to understand certain things. That means that sometimes, how do I know that I'm communicating with God? Well, many people communicate they're not communicating with God. They're communicating with stars, the demons, tarot cards, and stuff like that. But as a believer and a true disciple, Christ gives us authorization and favor, and we experience that favor based on our relationship. But the way that you know that you're not communicating, that God is not communicating, and God hasn't communicated to you through someone else is this scripture right here. Write this scripture down. It's First John chapter 4 and starts at verse 1. It says, do not believe every single spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets are gone out in the world. But this is how you know the spirit is from God. The spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, in the flesh and is Lord and is from God. He says this spirit, every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This spirit is the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and now is already in the world. You are 
from God, little children, and have overcome the world. In other words, you will know it's from God by the power and authority and about by its confessions on what Jesus Christ has died on the cross for sin and he's risen from the grave and he came into the world in order to save mankind. Any other spirit that doesn't identify, recognize, is not you would know that that spirit is not from God and you would know that that is a demonic spirit. So that means that, let me bring it down here to earth. You know, if it's communicating God's truth about a subject matter, such as promiscuous, if it's saying it's okay to live with somebody without being married, if it's okay to... um to have sex um, consistently, oh, it gives you that green light and say, oh, everybody else doing, you'll know that's from the culture. If you, you know that if two men and two men is wrong, two women and two women is wrong. And even if they say, well, isn't God is love, you will know that that spirit is not from God because God's word is God's word, no matter what. His truth is God's truth, and it stands on his truth. That's how you know. Any subject matter, what does the Bible says, that's how you know. And when you, you're you using those keys as a believer and as a disciple, you can expect his favor. Let me show you something. In John chapter 6, I mean, in Matthew chapter 16 and 18, Jesus echoed this authority. He told Peter after, he says, I know what the world says. In other words, we know what the world says on all sorts of matter. But the question is, is as believers, what does God say? When Jesus posed that question about him, he asked his disciples and they gave them various things that everyone else says. But Jesus says, who do you guys say I am? In other words, who do you say Jesus is on a subject matter is the way that you know your prayers are going to be answered. Peter responded, you are, you are from heaven. He said that you are you are the Christ. He said you are the Messiah, the Son of the Living God. And listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says, "Blessed are you." In other words, flesh and blood didn't reveal this. In other words, because you're communicating with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, he's revealing, he's revealed this to you, Peter. And because of this, on this truth, he says that on this truth, this truth, which is the church, he says, I will build my church based on this truth, which is the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of God's standard, the authorized word of God. And he says, I will give you the keys, the kingdom. Whatever you forbid here on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you loose here that is loose, whatever is permitted on earth will be permitted in heaven. In other words, I'm giving you keys to come in, 
and out to talk to the Father based on my standard of God's will. Wow. I want to go on. You need to understand that many of the world's authorizations have been chaotic. And because of the chaoticness, you can tell by the things that's going on throughout the culture. And that's the reason why we said test the spirit. And again, any spirit that doesn't confess Jesus is Lord is not an acceptable authorized authority. So you need to understand that if Jesus is the ruler, he must be the ultimate ruler over every subject matter. You need to understand that whatever you're around, whatever you talk like, you speak like, you're going to act like. And because of this, Jesus said the same teaching. He began, as his disciples were saying, he began this teaching. They asked, teach us how we should pray. Because they were around Jesus, Jesus taught them how to pray. It wasn't about in the crowd. It was about the individual time. And because of that, they were able to understand. But I need you to understand in Luke chapter 11 and verse 9, when you get this, Jesus says, and so I tell you, keep asking and you will receive what you ask. Keep knocking and you will find. Keep and the door will be open. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And everyone who knocks. He said, your father in heaven knows your needs. In other words, anything that you ask. But what if, how do I know I'm asking the right thing? I'm glad you asked. Jesus says, you need to check your heart. In order for you to know what things to ask. In James, James talked about the motives. Many people come before God, but they have the wrong motives. What's your reasoning? I need this. If you don't show up, I'm I'm going to rob this bank. God, if you don't do this, I'm, I'm going to do this. In other words, this is people trying to control God. That's not what that means. When, you, when he says, ask, and I'm going to provide your need, I'm going to answer your prayer. Because just like I said in Psalms 139, God knows your heart. But James echoes that. He says, what's the source of your quarreling and your conflicts among you? He said, you lust, you do not and you do not have. You commit murder and you are envious and you can't obtain it. You ask and you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. So the reason why some prayers are not answered is because the motives are wrong. And as we're wrapping up, I'm going to wrap up by saying this. When I was, when uh, my daughters were young, they used to go to this Christian educational um, school. And one of the things that they used to do in the morning, they would have 
morning devotions before the classes start. Well, in particular, they would select certain students to go up and and speak over the public announcement system in order for the whole school. Well, one of my daughters was just in first grade and she got the microphone and she started to pray. I didn't know she prayed, but when I went somewhere and one of the teachers stopped me and they said, you know, Brother Horton, your daughter really knows how to pray. How did, boy, I don't know how she learned how to pray. Well, the, the truth in the matter is whatever your children are around, whatever they're listening to, they know they, they're going to say. In other words, I learn how to communicate with God because I watch my grandmother. My children learn to pray because not in what I was doing publicly, but what we were doing privately. The last thing I need you to understand is prayer is your the more you're being privately, intimately with God the Father, the the more easier it is to pray in the public. You will know that your authentic your your relationship in the private is more important and is more less than general and you're able to do things that you need to do in the public. You see, Jesus is always on display based on what you've been doing behind closed doors. So that means that as as a toddler, if you let your toddler around hear vulgar music, perverted things, don't be surprised if they start to do those things because they're going to do what they've been listening to. So that means that when we're praying, the question is, what are we praying about and what are we listening to and what's our motive behind it? I'm going to close right there. Father, I thank you for this teaching. I thank you for being with us today. May these words edify you and glorify you. May those that don't understand you, come to know you in a better way. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to know how to have a relationship with Christ or with the Father and experience that power, I'm going to invite you right now to take a moment to pray this simple prayer with me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. And I'm asking that you May you come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you died for all my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful day.